On this episode, we're talking about three takeaways from a season about career continuity and resilience. My name is Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 134. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks, a show about navigating a changing world, and boy, is it changing, and thriving in our careers, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth act. I'm Lou Blazer, your sidekick, and as I wrap up season three, I wanted to take a moment to reflect on the conversations that I've had, and I wanted to share my takeaways with you. I thought that might be helpful as a bookend to the season, which honestly <laughs> started in a frantic way. I meant this season started in a frantic way. It was not the season that I had originally planned, but the uh, global pandemic had just been announced as I was about to go into this season and uh, life and work as we knew it were just beginning to get turned upside down. And the episodes that I had originally developed just didn't sound relevant at the moment or for the moment. So I called an audible and at the last minute, I decided to put those episodes on the shelf for now and to develop an entirely different season on career continuity and resilience. Looking back now, 11 episodes later, I'm happy. I'm, I'm very happy about the direction that I took this podcast during the season. I think I have for you a set of episodes that are not only relevant for the current times, but also compiles different angles of a conversation around the question, how do we stay resilient and take care of our careers during times of uncertainty? And I think that question that's an evergreen topic. And because of that, season three will always be relevant, no matter what is causing the disruption. As HR leader Randy Lumia pointed out in episode 132, there will always be disruptions in the business world that can and will impact our work and our lives. Today, it's the pandemic and a sustained civil unrest in the U.S. that's also spreading globally. Tomorrow, it will be something else. It may not always be as far-reaching as today's challenges are. It may be more acute for a specific industry or constrained within a geography or a particular field of work. It may be slow in the making or a sudden occurrence. But no matter what, there will always be something that will disrupt. Which leads me to my first of three takeaways. Takeaway number one, in today's world, resilient practices are not only ideal, they are practical and must form part of our normal habits. Talking about resilient practices can sometimes feel like talking about insurance or contingency planning. You know, it's harder to think about them when things are good, when things are on the up and up, right? I opened this year with an episode with Dr. Nyla Bari on this topic, career resilience when things are good. Little did we know that just in three months, I would ask her back. This time to talk about resilience from a very different place with a very different context. My conversation with Dr. Barry in March, which actually kicked off season three, happened just as the lockdowns were rolling out and the full impact of COVID was finally being acknowledged here in the U.S. 
at the time that I spoke with her, it felt like, what what the heck's happening? And we were all deers caught in the headlights. As I reflect on that conversation now, I realize how important it is to consider and practice resilient habits all the time, not just when things have gone haywire, but all the time, which was precisely the premise of the January episode. So I hope that we can get the word out that there's things we can do to build your your resilience. And you should be doing them when things are good, not just when you're uh, kicked the curb. Now, chief for me are three practices that shore up my resilience habits. Number one, actively nurturing relationships, which as an introvert and because of the work that I do, which can be very solitary, it is something that I have to be deliberate about. It's a deliberate practice. Um, and habit number two, actively creating opportunities for learning new things. And habit number three, which is related to the previous one, actively pursuing opportunities for experimentation. My view here is that the more complacent I get, the longer I am in a comfortable space, the less agile or flexible I will be when things go sideways. So at the core of my resilience habits is an intention to be always moving and getting comfortable with discomfort. Takeaway number two, we are all leaders. At the very least, we are leaders in our own lives. I think we can all agree on the traditional definition of leadership of leaders, right? Those who are in positions or playing roles where they are clearly leading a team of people. But one thing that the season of disruption has drilled into my head is that many, many more of us are actually leaders that may not fall under the common definition. We may not have the title or the position in an organizational structure, but if you're showing up anywhere with your art, with your voice, with your creation, you're a leader because you're in a position to influence, to model a way of thinking, or to show an example of a lived habit or a lived practice. Community leader Tara McMullen, who was my guest in episode 124, recently told me, um, not, not in that episode, but in a separate conversation, she told me, Anybody who creates media has a leadership role, and that really struck a chord for me. I write a weekly publication called Briefing Notes, and I produce this show. And through these platforms, I have the ability to reach people beyond my tiny corner of the world. And with that comes responsibility, the responsibility to show up consistently, to show up with thoughtful contributions to ongoing conversations about what's going on and what's impacting our workplaces and our world. Honestly, there were times these past few months when I felt that responsibility heavy on my shoulders. Not heavy as in, I don't want this, but heavy as in, I must take this seriously and not take it for granted because it is a huge opportunity to be able to reach people through my written and spoken voice and to share my learnings. And let's face it, my view of the world, because, you know, when I write, when I speak, when you hear me or when you read my words, there's no getting around that. I'm sharing my view, my worldview. Now, this for me is a significant responsibility in ordinary, quote unquote, normal times. 
but even more so during times of unpredictability because I too am going through all the ups and downs just like you are, just like everybody else. So the question, what kind of leadership do I want to bring into this experience, into this conversation is a key question for me and something that I really think about almost every day. On this question, there were three conversations this season that really helped me. First, my chat with Alethea Fitzpatrick in episode 125, where she talked about how our core personal values and personal tendencies can be our anchors when things get overwhelming and difficult. Second, my chat with Ainsley Tanner in episode 133, where she shared this uh, decision-making framework called Kneven, which is a Welsh word. <laughs> I learn something new every day. Um, Kneven especially useful during unpredictable times when there's really no precedent. There's no blueprint that we can follow. That was very, very instructive. And third, my chat with Tara McMullen in episode 124, where she shared how she's showing up as a leader, choosing to process the moments publicly with her community and sharing her learnings and how she's thinking through things. There was one segment of that conversation that I found particularly instructive about asking questions, even when we don't yet have answers. I think that the practice of asking questions that don't have answers is a growth practice. That's an important part of life regardless, but it's definitely an important part of life right now. Articulating questions are part of the process of finding answers. And so if you don't let yourself articulate the question, you'll never find the answer. And I think people get stuck on that. They won't ask the question because they don't know the answer. It's like, no, you've got to ask the question to be able to have the answer. That is true. Takeaway number three, during times of intense disruption, it helps to have a guiding principle to help us process what's happening and guide our actions. I've been rereading The Obstacle is the Way, written by Ryan Holiday. This book, in my mind, was written to make Stoicism a little bit more accessible and a little bit more relevant to modern-day readers. It's like a primer for Stoicism. So if you're already a student of this philosophy, you may find the book a bit basic or even pedestrian. But for me, the book was perfect. And I found stoicism to be exactly what I needed to weather this crazy storm that we're in. Its teachings act as reminders and guideposts for me so that I can better process and act according to my values during these very strained times. I'm still very much a student of Stoicism, so I invited Brendan Hufford to join me back in episode 126 so we can talk about it some more. He's written about Stoicism and um, and a few of its teachings, and so he's definitely levels ahead of me. And we, we spoke specifically about this idea of amor fati, or love of faith. It's about learning to love your faith, no matter what it is. But it's not a uh, passive okay, I'll accept this kind of way, but it's more of a, you know, allowing or letting your fate fuel your decisions and your actions. Um, Brenton shared this personal story with his son that for me really demonstrated how a more fatty is in action or how it looks like in practice. And then the next episode 
uh, with Kristen Girard, episode 127, just cemented this idea for me. Kristen, interestingly, did not use the word stoicism to describe what she's done to adapt and live in her new normal. But in listening to her story, I'm convinced that Amor Fati was the one thing or one of the things that guided her. Now, Stoicism may not be for you. It happened to be the philosophy that's very appealing to me. But the point is, or the takeaway is that you want to hold on to a core set of principles that can help you navigate whatever the world's throwing at you so that you can you can act in a healthy, non-destructive, and non-selfish way. Because during times of disruption and upheaval, things will go up and down. Things aren't always going to go our way. And um, there are going to be frustrations. And sometimes it'll be downright overwhelming. I've certainly felt all of those during these past few months. And what's really been helpful for me is the daily reminder of Stoicism. So I read a passage from the book every day, and I start most of my days listening to the Daily Stoic Podcast. These have kept me sane, focused, and most importantly, positive. So choosing to love your fate when things are hard sounds great on a regular day. Like, oh yeah, love your fate. No matter what happens, like, oh, I spilled my coffee. No problem. It's still great. Life's awesome. Love your fate. And that's fine. Like, that is an application of it, right? But where I, you really need the reminders when, like, something terrible happens. This period of uncertainty appears to be longer lasting than we might have hoped for. Jerome Powell, the chair of the U.S. Federal Reserve, just this week said that the path to economic recovery remains uncertain, and he warned us of a prolonged downturn that could further widen existing gaps and inequalities. He also said that a full economic recovery is unlikely until the public is confident that the disease is contained. And The thing is, even as things get back to normal, the normal that we left behind in February 2020 isn't likely what we're going to get. I think we're in a period of disruption, of unpredictability, and of discovery, which is a great thing for all of us who can find a way to find our footing and get some balance in rocking boats. So I want to end this episode with a quote that I caught on Instagram the other day. These are the words of Amy Bonsal. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. She's the CEO of Now, which is a business dedicated to bringing humanity back to the workplace, which is a segue. Wouldn't you just love to work for a company that does that? (laughs) Dedicated to bringing humanity back to the workplace. Anyway, (laughs) her quote, this is the age of the amateur. The world is open for anyone who can figure out what the new unmet needs are and how to solve them. I hope you found my takeaways this episode, my sharing of my thoughts helpful or useful. Head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast for the full transcript of this episode, as well as the summaries of the other episodes of this season. While you're there, make sure that you sign up for Briefing Notes, a digital newsletter for you, the experienced, hardworking professional who just wants to stay on top of things, make sense of the changing workplace, and stay relevant no matter what. 
if you enjoyed this episode, the season, or like listening to this podcast in general, please share it with your friends. Tell them that you like this episode or that you listen to this podcast regularly. They're going to thank you for it. And so will I, as it helps tremendously when you spread the word. Now, this wraps season three, and I'm going to be busy developing the next season. Uh, I'm currently debating between two very good topics. So I won't be able to tell you right now what season four is going to be about, but I promise to be back in a few weeks with all the deeds. So officially, the podcast is on hiatus for a few weeks, but I'll be back every couple of weeks or so. That's the plan anyway, with in-between bonus episodes. Cool beans? If you haven't yet, now's a good time to hit subscribe so you don't miss the return and catch those bonus episodes as well. Okie dokie, stay safe, stay positive, and as always, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans!